Welcome to 500 Greatest Songs, a podcast based on Rolling Stone's hugely popular, influential, and sometimes controversial list. I'm Brittany Spanos. And I'm Rob Sheffield. We're here to shed light on the greatest songs ever made and discover what makes them so great. From classics like Fleetwood Mac's Dreams to The Ronettes' Be My Baby, and modern day classics like The Killer's Mr. Brightside. Listen to Rolling Stone's 500 Greatest Songs on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Scott Weinberger, journalist and former deputy sheriff. In my new podcast series called Blooded, I'm embedded in the cold case investigation into the death of firefighter Billy Halpern. Experience this investigation in a truly unique way, untangling secrets that may reveal the answers to not only one case, but almost a dozen. Listen to Cold-Blooded, The Apollo Gym Murders on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Imagine you're a fly on the wall at a dinner between the mafia, the CIA, and the KGB. That's where my new podcast begins. This is Neil Strauss, host of To Live and Die in L.A., and I wanted to quickly tell you about an intense new series about a dangerous spy taught to seduce men for their secrets and sometimes their lives. From Tenderfoot TV, this is To Die For. To Die For is available now. Listen for free on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts or wherever you get your podcasts. There's a place beyond this place, a middle ground between the light and the darkness, the nadir and the zenith. For some, it's a bridge between the living and the dead, yet for others, it's something else entirely. It's the place where our nightmares dwell. Each one of us has touched the other side and felt the presence of something beyond this world. hardships of everyday life can make it easy to forget how simple it was when we were kids. Our innocence fades as we age, no longer the pure souls we once were. As kids, the window into the other side was still wide open, but as we age and life takes hold, we lose the memories that might have made us question the matrix we now live in. This week on Hip Hop Horror Stories, we have Ty Dolla sharing a story he's never shared before today. Was he just a kid with a wild imagination? Or did he get a glimpse into the supernatural world? You be the judge. Hey, what's up, y'all? It's Ty Dolla Sign, and this is my hip hop horror story. I never told this story before. I ain't been really like scared for a long ass time, but like last time I could remember I was a kid and shit, I would say like around like 10, 12, we was at my grandmother's house, and me, my cousin, my brother, me and my cousins back in the day, we used to uh, turn all the lights off and go in the room and go in front of the mirror and say Candyman a gang of times. And me and my brother for sure always played tricks on each other. Um, we were always fucking with each other, me and my brother and my sister. 
uh, pranks, uh, even my cousins too, just fucking immature as hell. We went to the back room and shit. We all seen this ghost. And we were just sitting there and looking up at us. Just his suit and just his face and his like with his red hair and glowing, his glasses, the whole vibe. And we all ran. When we were running back, one of us fell and busted our lips and shit. My mom and my aunt was hot as fuck. They were like, you guys are playing too much. You guys are running through the house. You know not to run through the house. Now one of you got hurt. Did you trip one? Because we always played games, so they thought we tripped the other one on purpose. Like, Because that was another thing we would do, just set up traps. But it was really all because we saw this ghost, and we told them this story, and they didn't believe us. And at that time, it was like, one of you fuck up, then all of you get your ass whooped. So we all got our ass whooped. The ghost was like Malcolm X. We thought it was like really him. And he was just sitting there glowing on the chair in front of the bed. We all saw it. This was before fucking projectors. This, it wasn't on TV. It wasn't no, you know, none of that shit, no hologram. It was really a paranormal experience. If you talk to any one of them, they'll verify this shit. Like, They'll tell their own story of it, but I guarantee you it's going to say the same shit. We were scared to go back to that fucking room for a long-ass time. When we finally went back there, nothing ever happened again. It was like, that was the guest room. That was where they wanted us to sleep. I don't think we slept in there that night. Or we might have went home that night. But then every time we went back over there, matter of fact, we tried always not to go over there. And then when we finally did go back over there, I didn't want to sleep, sleep in that room, but I never saw it again. Every day we wake up from our dreams and come back to the reality of our everyday lives. It's easy to forget that a world might exist beyond this one. Could it be that Ty was at an age where responsibilities and the distractions of the grid were yet to interfere with his otherworldly insight? Was it the fact that he idolized and loved Malcolm X so much that the emotion itself manifested into something Ty could see and hear? Or was it the imagination of a couple young innocent kids running wild and blurring the line between reality and dreams? You be the judge. Hey girlfriends, it's me, Carol Fisher. I'm so excited to tell you about the brand new series of The Girlfriends. In season one, we told you about the murder of Gail Katz at the hands of my ex-boyfriend Bob. At one point, a woman's torso washed up on Staten Island and was misidentified as Gail. She spent nine years in Gail's grave, and then she just disappeared. It's almost like it's become this moral obligation to find her. And that's what we're going to do. Find this missing girlfriend and tell her story. With the help of some of your favorite girlfriends from season one, like my producer, Anna. Oh my God. My friend, Dr. Mindy Shapiro. Hi, it's Dr. Shapiro, and I'd like to speak with the deputy medical examiner. And of course, Gail's sister, Elaine Katz. Having no closure, it kills you. Join us as we try to solve a 35-year-old cold case. It's not going to be easy, but it's going to be one hell of a ride. (gasps) What? I can't believe this. 
Listen to season two of The Girlfriends, Our Lost Sister on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Welcome to 500 Greatest Songs, a podcast based on Rolling Stone's hugely popular, influential, and sometimes controversial list. I'm Brittany Spanos. And I'm Rob Sheffield. We're here to shed light on the greatest songs ever made and discover what makes them so great. Every week, we'll pick a new song from the list and talk about their placement on the revamped 2021 list. We'll also have guests join us, ranging from the artists themselves to the producers or simply other writers like ourselves who voted on them. From classics like Fleetwood Mac's Dreams to the Ronettes' Be My Baby and modern day classics like The Killer's Mr. Brightside and Britney Spears' Baby One More Time. There's so many fascinating stories that have been forgotten, like Midnight Train to Georgia, starting with a phone call to Farrah Fawcett, or how the Yeah, Yeah, Yeahs inspired Kelly Clarkson's banger Since You've Been Gone and Beyonce's Hold Up. Listen to Rolling Stone's 500 Greatest Songs on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I used to have so many men. How this beguiling woman in her 50s... She looked like a million bucks. ...with zero qualifications... She had a Harvard plaque. ...tricks her way past a wall of lawyers and agents. She's got all of these Maseratis and Bentleys all in the driveway. Is it like a mansion? Yes, it's a mansion. ...that this queen of the con uses to scam some of the biggest names in professional sports out of untold fortunes about six million approximately 11 million dollars nearly 10 million dollars was all gone employing whatever means necessary to bleed her victims dry she would probably have sex with one of her clients hide your money in your old rich men because <laughs> she is on the prowl listen to queen of the con season five the athlete whisperer on the iHeartRadio app apple podcasts or wherever you get your podcasts Many of the stories told on Hip Hop Horror Stories come from childhood memories our guests share with us. Young enough to blur the line between imagination and the real world, or in tune enough to see something into another world entirely. This week on Hip Hop Horror Stories, we have Simba telling us a lighthearted and hilarious tale from his childhood. Was it intuition on his part, or was he the victim of an elaborate scare prank? You be the judge. Hey, what's up, everybody? It's your boy Simba, and this is my hip-hop horror story. So I remember this one time as a kid, grew up in Berkeley. Berkeley's a a city away over from Oakland. I think I was about like, like five or six years old. I used to go to an elementary school called Oxford Elementary. And um, I went to a community center after school where most kids used to go to while their parents go to work. It's called San Pablo Park. Look it up. We had like a little school event or whatever at San Pablo Park where everybody dressed up. So I had my costume on. I was very proud of this costume. And I wore this costume as if it was a badge of honor. The day started off with me feeling good that I was a Red Ranger. School was lit. We ain't had to do no work. We watched Halloween movies. Went to fucking recess. It was lit. Felt like the best Halloween ever. All I was worried about was being the Red Ranger that day. That was it. You understand me? Because the Red Ranger was the one that kicked all the ass. 
I went trick or treating the first time with the kids at the community center, and then my mom picked me up to go trick or treating after the event with my auntie and my two older cousins. And then it just all went bad. It wasn't extremely cold, but it was it wasn't hella hot at the same time. But it was it was cool. So, you know, we hitting all these houses across the street from this community center. And we get to this one house, and it's like all the lights is out. It's like a sign that says candy over here. So it's like a little obstacle course that leads you to the door to ring the doorbell. So we walk down the path. Imagine you walk up to a house with eight steps, boom. Got a screen door and then a door behind that. And I ring the doorbell, and it's like, old white lady comes out. She come to the door and she looked all friendly and shit. And I'm like, where the candy is? She's like, nice to meet you. Um, I can't remember the name she said. She was like, I miss somebody. And um, happy Halloween. We enjoy you guys coming. Go downstairs and your, your, your treats are all downstairs. So I'm like, oh shit, it's lit. My favorite candy was Snickers, so I'm thinking, oh, she got hella Snickers. I'm about to get all her shit. So I jumped, I'd like literally run off the porch, run to the side of the building, and it, boy, I still don't go on the side of houses because of this shit. It's like a door that leads you to the side of the house to get the candy. As I open the door, it's like this big ass dude. He had a black screen mask and he's like, Happy Halloween! And this shit just scares the fuck out of me. And I run out and I'm so fucking scared. I shit it all on myself and pissed all on myself and I ruined my badge of honor. I ran so far down the street. My mom them had to get in the car and come find me. I was in the fucking park somewhere crying mad as shit because I fucked up my costume, man. So my mom was like, can you use the bathroom on yourself? Oh, she just tripping. I'm like, y'all are dead. Y'all are scared me. I'm fucking traumatized as a kid, bro. I didn't know what the fuck was going on. I was just so mad. My auntie and my mama was asking me questions just to laugh at me. But at the time, I thought they was asking me questions because they cared. <laughs> They actually didn't care at all now that I'm thinking about the shit. Because they was asking me hella questions like, so why did you run? I'm like, what the fuck you mean why did I run? I'm scared as shit. Like, I didn't expect that to happen. They just asking me shit and they laughing. My older cousins over there laughing at me, calling me shitty boy. Like, it was, it was a bad night, bro. Bad night. Great day, but a bad night, man. This is my mom, just in case all y'all think this is some bullshit. Go ahead, mom. Halloween was over at that point. It was shitty as a goat. We had to go home and take a bath. And do, I mean, shit was everywhere. <laughs> <laughs> that was the worst shit ever because all I wanted to be was the Red Ranger. And I fucked my whole costume up. And I was mad at my mom for two weeks because I felt like she seen it coming. And to this day, we laugh about it. But when it happened, the shit was not funny. No pun intended. (laughs) 
Every time it's dark and I see a side of a house, it haunts me. It brings me nothing but trauma when it's dark outside and I see the side of a house. I don't even like going to certain females' houses I be fucking with that got a side of a house. Like they, if they ain't got like an apartment that I could pull in the garage in and they come get me, I'm not coming to their door. Like it's bad. It's easy to dismiss Simba's story as a simple scare prank gone wrong. But was it? Could it have been something more twisted, more evil? Did he narrowly escape a much darker outcome by running and, well, everything else he went through? We'll leave it up to you to decide. Hey, girlfriends, it's me, Carol Fisher. I'm so excited to tell you about the brand new series of The Girlfriends. In season one, we told you about the murder of Gail Katz at the hands of my ex-boyfriend, Bob. At one point, a woman's torso washed up on Staten Island and was misidentified as Gail. She spent nine years in Gail's grave, and then she just disappeared. It's almost like it's become this moral obligation to find her. And that's what we're going to do. Find this missing girlfriend and tell her story. With the help of some of your favorite girlfriends from season one, like my producer, Anna. Oh, my God. My friend, Dr. Mindy Shapiro. Hi, it's Dr. Shapiro, and I'd like to speak with the deputy medical examiner. And, of course, Gail's sister, Elaine Katz. Having no closure, it kills you. Join us as we try to solve a 35-year-old cold case. It's not going to be easy, but it's going to be one hell of a ride. (gasps) What? I can't believe this. Listen to season two of The Girlfriends, Our Lost Sister on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Welcome to 500 Greatest Songs, a podcast based on Rolling Stone's hugely popular, influential, and sometimes controversial list. I'm Brittany Spanos. And I'm Rob Sheffield. We're here to shed light on the greatest songs ever made and discover what makes them so great. Every week, we'll pick a new song from the list and talk about their placement on the revamped 2021 list. We'll also have guests join us, ranging from the artists themselves to the producers or simply other writers like ourselves who voted on them. From classics like Fleetwood Mac's Dreams to The Ronettes' Be My Baby and modern day classics like The Killer's Mr. Brightside and Britney Spears' Baby One More Time. There's so many fascinating stories that have been forgotten, like Midnight Train to Georgia, starting with a phone call to Farrah Fawcett, or how the Yeah, Yeah, Yeahs inspired Kelly Clarkson's banger Since You've Been Gone and Beyonce's Hold Up. Listen to Rolling Stone's 500 Greatest Songs on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Delve into the visceral world of hip-hop with the Gangster Chronicles podcast that aims to unravel the intricate tapestry of one of music's most influential and misunderstood subgenres, gangster rap. Hosted by MC8 and Big Steels every Thursday, each episode provides an in-depth exploration into the formative artists, monumental albums, and socio-political factors that have shaped gangster rap from its emergence in the 80s to its enduring impact today. Gangster Chronicles unpacks the evolution of this uniquely American art form. We dive into the socio-cultural aspects that gangster rap boldly addressed, from police brutality to systemic racism, offering listeners a comprehensive understanding of the profound cultural significance this genre holds. 
listen to the Gangster Chronicles on the Black Effect Podcast Network, iHeartRadio app, or wherever you get your podcasts. Let's go. Throughout history, there have been rooms that whisper secrets. Rooms that hold the unspeakable behind their locked doors. These chambers exist not just in the dusty corners of ancient castles or long-forgotten mansions. Sometimes, they exist in the homes of those we think we know. In this next story, Ian Dior takes us back to the innocuous-seeming suburban home of his close friend, where one room remains completely off-limits for good reason. Yo, what's up? It's Ian Dior, and this is my hip-hop horror story. So I, I, I was living in Corpus Christi, Texas, which is like, you know, small town um, south of Texas, so all the way at the bottom by the Gulf. I think it, it might have been 2017, 2018, around there. I had, you know, a pretty solid friend group in high school that I would hang out with all the time. You know, my friend had a really nice house, that's where we'd always go to his house. Um, my homie's name was Mark. And uh, we would go over to his house all the time, you know, play 2K, whatever, go play basketball. You know, these were like my, my close friends. And, um, you know, all the times that I went to his house, I never went in this one room that they would always say, you know, like, it's his sister's room, like, don't go in there, da da da. But I never knew that there was more to it. And basically, one night, we're all you know, hanging out at his house and we're all just gonna stay the night there and you know, whatever. And all of our friends are kind of like, yo, like, let's go in the room, let's go in the room and see what, like what's in there. And you know, I'm obviously like, fuck it, like, let's do it. If you're in the living room, you look to the right, there's just one door, it's a, it's a, it's a room by itself. And then you go down the hallway and there's a couple more rooms. So that, that door by itself was her room. And we go in this room and Suddenly, like, the the temperature changes when, when we walk in. And it's, as soon as I walk in there, we get hit by, like, this, like, cold wave, like, of just, I don't know. It was something about it was so eerie. And every, like, we kept the lights off in the room. So it just looked creepy as hell in this room, bro. Like, she doesn't live there anymore. So, you know, like, stuff is just sitting there. There's dust on the on the tables, you know, and we're all kind of just standing in the middle of the room, like between the bed and the TV frame. And then there was like a little like vanity setup. The vanity setup is what freaked me out the most for some reason, because it just, it almost felt like somebody was sitting there. And we're all just making jokes like, oh, there's a ghost, there's a ghost, there's a ghost. So everybody runs out. And one of my homie closes the door on me as I'm running out. So now I'm stuck in this room. So as I'm locked in there, I'm looking around and I'm freaking out. So I'm like, like something about this room, something about the air in this room doesn't feel right. And I keep telling them, open the door, open the door, open the door. And then I hear them stop laughing because I'm pulling on the door and it's not opening and they're not holding it anymore. I definitely felt like I wasn't alone in there. I felt like, like, I don't, ooh, I'm getting spooked out just talking about it. Like I have chills right now. Like I, I felt like I wasn't alone in there and that it wasn't like something that wanted me in there and I'm like bro like this isn't funny open the fucking door and they're like we're not holding on to the door just fucking open it like you're freaking us out 
I'm like, bro, I'm yanking on the door. Damn near almost pull the handle off and then it fucking opens. So then eventually I pull this door and it gets and I open it. And I'm like, what the hell? Like, I'm like pissed off at them and they weren't laughing. They were like, nah, bro, like we let go of the door, like da 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 da. And that's when my friend Mark starts crying. And so when he was crying, it took him a second. He was sitting on the couch and he was just crying. He was like not really telling us what was going on. We we're like, bro, tell us. Like, and I'm I'm spooked the fuck out. I'm not, and I tell him, I'm like, bro, there's a fucking ghost in your house. Like, there there's a fucking ghost in your house. There's something in here, bro. Like, I was like, I I, I was really scared in there, and I don't know why. Cause I'm not like scared of the dark. Like, my friends locked me in a room. All right, fine. Like, fuck you guys. But I'm gonna get out eventually. Like, I was genuinely scared in there. And he tells us that since his sister was like you know, younger age, she had a spirit attached to her that would not leave her alone, that anywhere she went, it would go. Whatever the hell this thing was came from their house, but for some reason only attached itself to her. I had been there so many times, never heard this story. And he shows us this photograph because we didn't believe him. We obviously thought he was playing into it. He shows us a photograph of his sister. It was a picture of her in her room and she's just smiling in the photo and she's standing by her bed and this thing is like so just picture her smiling normal photo like happy girl and behind her it almost looks like he's like hanging off of her shoulder like say like if i walked up behind you and i put my hands on your shoulders and then i look over it he was like posing like that and it did look like male it didn't look like female you know it wasn't hard to tell the difference like, it was fully like a male and I don't know, he just looked so creepy. Like his eyes were like white, but his like smile, like it looked like he almost had teeth, bro. Like it was, I don't know. So he hands me the photo and all my friends gather around me. And we, as soon as we look at this photo and we realize what we're looking at, we all run straight out the door. We ran straight out the door, like across the street, like in front of his neighbor's house. And that's, at, like, we did not want to go back in and he told us the whole story. And he told us how it follows her around. And he tells us that anytime she would have a new boyfriend, this thing, whatever you want to call it, would scare the boyfriend away. So like, for instance, like he told us like this one story that in her apartment, because she, you know, she got older, she lives alone now, and um, she would live with her boyfriend. But one day, when her and her boyfriend were in the house, I guess he was in the kitchen and she was in her room. And all the cabinets started moving, apparently, like, according to him. And pretty much, you know, the boyfriend ran off. And it kind of, like, kept her in the house, like, in her room, locked in her room long enough for him to leave or something. After that, I, because I, I didn't believe in ghosts. I didn't, I thought that stuff was, like, all made up and... You know, you kind of, it's like one of those things you have to see it to, to believe it. And when this happened, it was like a big thing for me and my friends. We were, you know, kind of like changed us a little bit. We were like, what the fuck? Like, this, this shit is real. And it can fully like take over your body if it wanted to. It was a physical feeling. It almost felt like he like walked past me or something. And this is before I even knew the story behind the room. So I'm just thinking like, oh, I'm just tripping. I'm just tripping. I'm scared. Like, I just need to get out of here. That definitely was the day that I started to believe in that, you know, paranormal activity stuff. And it definitely spooked me out for 
for a couple years. That's pretty much my story and it's crazy and you know, you could believe it if you want to, but that's, that's what happened. Ian Dior stared into the malevolent eyes of a demon and has never been quite the same. He can't explain what he saw or even how it was possible. He just knows what he felt, what he saw, and what he was told. If there's a lesson to be learned from tonight's tale, it's that some mysteries are better left unsolved, some doors better left unopened. Curiosity, as they say, can be a double-edged sword. I'm your host, Belly, and this was another episode of Hip Hop Horror Stories. Greatest Songs, a podcast based on Rolling Stone's hugely popular, influential, and sometimes controversial list. I'm Brittany Spanos. And I'm Rob Sheffield. We're here to shed light on the greatest songs ever made and discover what makes them so great. From classics like Fleetwood Mac's Dreams to The Ronettes' Be My Baby, and modern day classics like The Killer's Mr. Brightside. Listen to Rolling Stone's 500 Greatest Songs on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Scott Weinberger, journalist and former deputy sheriff. In my new podcast series called Blooded, I'm embedded in the cold case investigation into the death of firefighter Billy Halpern. Experience this investigation in a truly unique way, untangling secrets that may reveal the answers to not only one case, but almost a dozen. Listen to Cold Blooded, the Apollo Jim murders on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Imagine you're a fly on the wall at a dinner between the mafia, the CIA, and the KGB. That's where my new podcast begins. This is Neil Strauss, host of To Live and Die in L.A., and I wanted to quickly tell you about an intense new series about a dangerous spy taught to seduce men for their secrets and sometimes their lives. From Tenderfoot TV, this is To Die For. To Die For is available now. Listen for free on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts or wherever you get your podcasts.